Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. All right, my talkers, it is a beautiful Monday afternoon, and Lori and Julie are in studio to take you guys into a wonderful week here. So sit back and enjoy the Lori and Julia show. Thank you, Grant. You are welcome. Anyone have a weekend claim to fame they would like to share with the crowd? Who the big mass tell us crowd? How, how the Renaissance was. Oh, because oh you were going with little people. Yeah, I was going with the littles, <laughs> and I was quite frankly frightened of it. I don't know why. I, I don't guess either. I guess because I've never gone. I've only gone to. I've only been adulting. Yes. At the Renaissance Festival, so I said to Casey, "Let's get there right when it opens. When the cannon goes off at nine a.m., there won't be any lines for any anything. You know, we've got the littles with us. Who knows? But we all." Casey and the kids had bandanas on trying to look like medieval pirates. Okay, that's really cute. That's um, really cute. And um, yeah, we got there at like quarter quarter to nine. And you know what? It was really fun. I had no reason to be frightened. They they did rock climbing, archery. Tons of stuff for kids. Catapulting, the vegetable justice. They bungee trampoline jumped like two times. That seems like the hardest job at the renaissance the trampoline guy. oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. And you can yeah. go really high yeah. and spin and then pony rides and jousting and 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 for 10 seconds i lost a child so that was oh my gosh how that's Ooh. the worst feeling in the world you have no idea yes i do as <laughs> oh you do yes, okay you lost a child for yes, 10 I, seconds oh. a little bit more longer i yeah. do have it was an absolute idea. and i just Panic. looked at casey and i said i've lost a child shoot me now oh yeah. I was that scared, and then oh, he, he just had darted away, the little one, and after that, we held hands. Because it, by about noon, it was getting pretty crowded, and we were out of there at one, and the line, it looked like it was three miles long to get, to get in? in, and we went out, you know, you go out the other way, so there's, it looks, so my tip, get there early. That's- but it was... They had a blast. It was they, a beautiful day. Yeah, and we t- kind of told them, you know, there's going to be people there who are in character, and you don't have to talk to anybody if you don't mm-hmm. want to, but they might say good day, my little lord or lady or something like that, you know. So they just got a huge, huge kick out of How it. Fun. And I'd never been to the kids' area before. <laughs> there's a whole big long row of things <laughs> to keep them occupied. Love right. it. Oh my god! So yeah, it was it was. You were right. I, I can told you, see it, why it's the kids have fun. It's fun, and it's fun through their eyes. Very much so. Mm-hmm. And all of the you know hobbits and Lord of the Ring fans are are there with their elf ears, and you know everyone's so flying people, their flying their freak flag. It, but <laughs> it was medieval. but it was crowded. It was very crowded. It was beautiful. I ended up on Saturday playing tennis with Brittany. Oh, fun. Yes, and I met, finally met Margo. Who oh, is, Margo with the big eyes. <laughs> Those beautiful eyes. So cute. She's so cute. It was really kind of fun. So that was fun. It was her first time playing tennis, really, and it was my first time really running in tennis. So <laughs> I, for the first time, move. 
since you know the end of April, so it was super oh, wow. fun. That I my injury I feel is done. Okay, <laughs> good. So I could run. I was very pleased. So that was super fun. How about you, Grant? Oh, I had a long weekend. Friday, I went out to uh, the Joyner Lucas concert yes. at the Varsity Theater. Which Joyner Lucas, if you don't know, he's a very oh, no. talented rapper. And, you know, Eminem puts him in the top five of oh, guys really? out there right now. And, and I the saw varsity him is such a the, great theater. Oh, it was like a personal, you know, mm-hmm. moment concert. with him. Yeah, concert with him. That was cool. Saturday joined Ross at the Gopher football game, which was a shellacking. Yes, which, it was. You said it was going to be. Yeah, that was fun. And then uh, Sunday I was here for a little bit, just helping someone out. And then I went out to my parents' house and my weekend claim to fame is Sunday night after I left my parents' house. I went to my buddy's house to watch a quarter of football. Just stop by. It's, yeah. it's out by my parents' house. And you know those ring cameras, right? Which is actually yes. what Steve's, Steve's Ring Nation. Mm-hmm. We'll have to show you guys the video at one point in time, and I'll put it on my social. But I took a digger as I walked out of my buddy's house. Completely missed all of his steps. Completely sober, too. Completely yeah. sober. And it is all on camera. And I... Took a digger like I have never taken tea kettle kind of a thing. Yeah, rolled and I and I realize now at the age of thirty eight when you fall like that, Mm -hmm. it hurts a little bit longer than when I was in my twenties. Oh my gosh! So So you just completely forgot there were steps. Well, I was holding the door for my dogs and completely just yeah, my put my foot out went too far. Missed two steps and went a tumbling, and I'll share it on my social, and I'll show you guys later. You will laugh. You know who did that? It's pretty funny. Post Malone. (laughs) Oh, he did? did. Oh, my gosh. So, because I just saw him, we saw him the week before, and he was, I I think he was in St. Louis. I don't even know where St. Louis. So, there's this part where, you know, he comes up from the floor, and then his guitar comes up in the floor, and he stepped in one of the holes that wasn't shut, and he went all the way down to his ribs. Oh, yeah. It's like stepping in an ice fishing hole oh. that deep, and he was down. He was he was, he was was in pain. His feet were shaking. I mean, you could see he clearly clipped like, his ribs on the corner of ribs. the stage. Could he sing then? He went he back out. He came back out after 10 minutes. Wow. And held his, like, you could tell he was in pain, but he finished like a champion. So wow. me and Pulse Malone shared a nice fall this week. Yeah. I know. I mean, he, I just, he went down. So you went down, and it's on your ring. Okay. Oh, gosh, yeah. I just thought it was funny because it's those ring cameras will catch anything and everything. Yes, <laughs> yes they will. Yeah. Yes, yeah, I will. saw that uh, Post Malone fall, and I was just like, he looks like he cracked a rib. I wonder if oh. he's going to get back out there. And I wonder if they'll do any more, like if someone's in trouble for not closing that. That's what I thought. Floor. Yeah. Which stage guy was responsible for that? I mean, he could have broke his neck. He no could have broke his leg. No, that it was so bad. Yeah, it yeah. Was a, it was a hard fall. Yeah. And so. I think Tim McGrath stumbled off a, tumbled he off did. a stage well, this did. weekend. So you're in good company. Yeah, I'll take that. <laughs> clumsy. You're in real good company. The three clumsy amigos. I'll take there it. There you go. Yeah. All right. Well, listen, of course, our story we can't get enough of today is the culmination, the final uh, farewell to Queen Elizabeth. And um, there were two really, really, really poignant moments that, that maybe three that stood out for us. And, um, we come back, we've got a little bit of that for you. Okay, so this was the Queen's, Her Majesty's bagpiper. They just call him Piper Plain, a lament, which if it sounds recognizable, it's the Sky Boat song, which the lyrics were changed for Outlander. And he's just standing off to the side and that beautiful, I, I just I just totally lost it. It was so poignant and moving at the end, at the, towards the, the end. At the second funeral, kind of the private funeral at Westminster Hall and St. George's Church. 
when the casket was lowered and in the basement we saw the bagpiper standing alone standing alone and it was her it was her personal bagpiper it was just very haunting and i talked to my mom and i said when did you get your tissues out and she said when the corgis were waiting at saint george's Mm -hmm. chapel uh, for her majesty ahead of the burial she said that's when i lost it and um, Grant posted the photo of the corgis, and then, and then also her horse Emma, uh, almost, almost when she arrived in her, um, you know, in the hearse, was there with a white saddle, and just watching her horse Emma and the corgis. Just in case you're wondering what their names were, they're and they're well-fed little doggies. Yeah, they, were um, they were chubby corgis. Yeah, <laughs> and they always look prone. They're a short dog, yeah. so like a short person, they the weight shows. Yeah, on a corgi, their legs are only like three inches. Yeah. but yes. they're Sandy and 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 Muick or Muck. I don't know how you say M U I C K, but they watched it and and then. Um, and then little uh, Princess Charlotte telling um, her brother, her brother, you need to bow. Yeah. And I think everyone that's been doing the body language and lip reading are taking baths today because they've had 11 days to read lips and body language and come up with stories about drama that is going on. Literally the Daily Mail, Daily Fail have a story about Harry breathing and walking. I know it's been kind of it's been we're definitely What time did you start watching it this well, morning? I just put the DVR I saw yesterday when I was watching um uh Good Morning America. They said the coverage starts at like 4 a.m. I was shocked. But it's six hours yeah, ahead or yeah. seven hours ahead. So I just said, oh, well, I'm not getting up, but I just DVR'd it and I was glad because I was Fast forwarding over a lot of it, but it was, I thought, um, you know, really, really something to see all those people and, you know, morning along the drive from Buckingham Palace to, um, and the all Abbey. the people waited in the queue for hours and hours. I mean, according I couldn't... to Neil Justin, he thinks that it there was expected to be over four billion viewers, and for Princess Diana's death, there were 2.5 million right. viewer billion. I mean, that is amazing. And they had over 200 cameras. I mean, there was views from every uh, angle. We saw a spider on Charles' know. card right. on top of the casket. A little tiny royal spider. So for the, uh, you know, people who love their spiders, the, this is like was very exciting. <laughs> and, and you know, uh, it was, yeah, 11 days of mourning. It has been really a lot. And all of the um, the training and the execution and the practice of all the different regiments oh, the and troops. all the different troops that was and amazing. what they did, it was it was mm-hmm. beautiful to yeah. watch. And then mm-hmm. just uh, when you watch that hearse drive all the way through London and all the way, I kept wondering how does the, I'm so I guess didn't realize that yes they're I'm like how does that crown that orb and that scepter not slip off they were attached yeah no. they were attached. I, I saw the sticks huh. and the guy yeah because i kept going whoa if that thing falls down i thought well no they must be secured but no uh, remember how much that coffin weighed when the gentleman you I know think you lifting. said 570 yes. steel something? or something or no it's, what is it's lined with um lead, lead. lead that's it yeah. lined wow. with lead yeah yeah so Grant posted um, the funeral and photos, the corgis, 
Um, it was just really kind of somber. It was, but it was was also awe. I mean, just watching all the people lining the streets and just thinking this of the camaraderie and fellowship of people of that moment being together. And you'll never see anything like this again. And Mm. I was so glad to be watching it. I was really thought it was beautiful. It it really, it it was so gorgeous and everything had been thought out down to the flowers. Of course, that was the same, um, Elements of the bouquet from her wedding in 1947. Um, Everything had a a poignancy to the queen. Mm -hmm. She was so involved in so much of it. And if you could stay out of the brother drama, which the brother, Harry didn't want any drama to be made and said, leave me alone. This is about the queen. Right. Right. And so... And everyone was just finding holes and everything, and I'm just like, well, like I said, yeah, yeah. the the body language experts and the lip readers are soaking their overworked eyeballs in Galgon, and they they are making up stuff. It blew me away how many things they're making up, and then you'd have a commentator, well, that's normal because this is why, and that's normal because this is why, and so they just want to stir the pot over there. Oh, yeah. When 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 you have a story about Prince Harry, literally just going. Puffing out his cheeks because it's been a long day. I'm like, come on, Daily Mail. And there was one, um, um, I think Pierce Morgan and Sharon, Sharon Osborne. Osborne covered it for, I'm not sure what network. I pretty much stayed to ABC. But they were ripping on Harry and Meghan. And I'm inappropriate. like, inappropriate day really? for this. Yes. Yeah, they were the only ones. Wow. And, yeah. Pierce never gives that up, dude. He's just, he's got, yeah. And, wow. I, and at one point I thought the commentaries, because I flipped between... ABC and NBC, and I thought at one point, can we just be quiet for a second? I want to hear the music. I want to be yes. in the moment. I guess the BBC had the quietest yeah. average. But it was, I, I felt, I was really glad to watch it. Same, same. And I'm in awe of how those people walk so slow. And remember, we talked about the horses <laughs> going so slow and how it always timed mm-hmm, out. Mm-hmm. It was it was a tribute. Yeah, it, it, really, it really was. It was hard not to... Be in the moment. Yeah, I cried when the bagpipers started. And I'm like, then when at the end of it, I was like, why does that song sound so familiar? (laughs) And I'm like, oh, it's the Outlander song. And I don't know. It was, uh, uh, it's it's hard not to cry anyway with bagpipe music. It's it's so so, haunting. and It's so, yeah. And lovely. Unless um, at my aunt Claudia and Tom's 25th wedding anniversary, she had three bagpipers come to her house and they... We did like a wedding march uh, song and that we all kind of danced. That's cool. All All these crazy alien stories can't be true, can they? Hey, it's Stephen Diener, host of the Unidentified Alien Podcast. And whether you're new to the conversation or have been looking into it for years, you need to check out the fastest growing alien show out there, the Unidentified Alien Podcast, or UAP for short. There's a crazy amount of alien encounter stories out there from all over the world. And the beauty of it is that I bring them all to you and let you decide what you believe. Download and subscribe to UAP on any of the major podcasts podcasting platforms and you can also find it on uappodcast.com i'm bradley trainer and i'm don mcclain we have a podcast called blinded by the item a blind item is gossip about a celebrity with their name left out it's a guessing game and you can play along the item might be like this a-list star carries a birkin bag worth more than the average person's house to the gym to work out Pretty sure that's J-Lo. And P.S. The person behind all of this is Chris Jenner, LLC. We drop a new episode every weekday so the fun never ends. Blinded by the Item. Listen wherever you get podcasts and watch us on the Blinded by the Item YouTube channel. All around.
Ron, and that was a you know more uplifting thing. So I guess they can, but to me, it always seems like a somber thing. I remember for years there was a guy, a bagpiper, who would play over at Lake of the Isles mm-hmm. and would play sometimes in the morning. And it would just be so haunting to hear. Still and yes. I remember yeah. it from McAllister College. Yes. The Scottish Fair Days. Yes. And I grew up right by there and always having it. It was fun, though. It was happy right. music, I thought. Right. But today was something. We have, should we play a little yeah. audio? There's of a, just, okay. Yeah, it's a is, fun little clip. Yeah. Is it from ABC? It's from ABC. Okay. Good Morning America put it out. It's about a minute long and it's just kind of her moments throughout the years and her okay. speaking. It's Let's kind of a fun it. little montage. Queen Elizabeth II. A young princess who became the United Kingdom's longest reigning monarch. I declare before you all that my whole life, whether it be long or short, shall be devoted to your service. A life dedicated to her people. I cannot lead you into battle. I do not give you laws or administer justice. But I can do something else. I can give you my heart. Guiding her country through difficult times. It's understandable that we sometimes think the world's problems are so big that we can do little to help. On our own, we cannot end wars or wipe out injustice. But the cumulative impact of thousands of small acts of goodness can be bigger than we imagine. And always looking towards a better future. We will succeed, and that success will belong to every one of us. We should take comfort that while we may have more still to endure, better days will return. Today, the United Kingdom says goodbye to Queen Elizabeth II. To my darling Mama, as you begin your last great journey to join my dear late Papa, I want simply to say this. Thank you. Wow. Thank you. Yeah. My papa. And um, you know they open their movie theaters to broadcast the funeral live in yeah. the UK. Really? Yes. That's 125 crazy. movie theaters though, yeah. in addition to people to see it on the big screen. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah, it was really really something and uh I, that I was just so impressed with that little princess Charlotte. She's Darling. telling her brother to telling her brother you need to bow. <laughs> and I just thought there, you know, like because one of the commentators I was listening to said how close Charles is with Anne, his sister, because she does the most royal appearances mm-hmm. on behalf of the crown, and of course she knows what everything has been like for him. And I just thought, oh, look at Charles, and you know he's gonna, George is going to really rely on Charles, and in that way it did make me feel bad about the rift between William and Harry and that he doesn't have his royal wingman anymore, that it busted up yep. the family. Um, and I was wondering on Saturday why good King Harry was trending. It was because he wore his military uniform and apparently Princess Diana, that was her nickname for Harry. She didn't want him to feel less than she always called oh, him good King Harry. Cute. I know, is that cute? That's cute. Anyway, all right. Well, listen, we come back. We're very excited. William Kent Kruger is uh, coming in to talk about his latest, most fantastic Kirk O'Connor book, we, uh, Fox Creek. We'll be right back. For hanging out with us today, we are delighted. We have one of our favorite local authors on, William Kent Kruger, and his new book is Fox Creek, and it's amazing. And today, we want to just let everyone know that the Lori and Julia Book Club is brought to you by the Book Club restaurant in south minneapolis and anytime you go there for a meal and you mention Lori and julia's book club you get a free appetizer or a free dessert so how about that we that's wanna, amazing that fun? yeah mm-hmm. that's fun and their menus like laid out like a book 
you know, everything. It's really kind of cute and fun. They've got great food. So anyway, welcome. That's always a pleasure. Always a pleasure to be with you two. We're continuing Cork O'Connell's story. Yeah. This is 19 of 19 of the Cork O'Connell series. Cork O'Connor. I wasn't going to correct Yeah, after Cork-O-Kano. 19 Cork-O-Kano. books, Cork-O-Kano. we got to know his name. Boozo. I know. <laughs> All right, give everyone the setup of the book. Uh, let's see. A, um, a stranger, a woman named Dolores Morriso, has come to Crow Point seeking the help of Henry Malou and his uh, great niece, Rainy Bissonette, uh, Cork's wife, mm-hmm. both of whom are healers. Although she doesn't realize that she's being followed by a group of ruthless mercenaries who believe she has information important to people in powerful places. In order to uh, avoid capture, Henry leads the two women deep into the boundary waters and has to use all his wiles to uh, try to uh, avoid capture. Um, Cork, of course, when he understands the situation, leaps in pursuit, but darkness descends, along with a late winter storm blocking his way. And as Cork enters the longest, darkest night of his soul, his greatest fear is is that he won't be able to save the people he loves. But really the question at the heart of this story is, will this be our beloved midday, Henry Malou's last journey into the Boundary Waters wilderness he has called home for more than a century? Mm Mm-hmm. I don't know how you do it. I if don't the either. 19 different stories you've imagined Quirk O'Connor being in, um, it de- your book, Fox Creek, debuted number five in the New York Times bestseller list. So that is good. But how do you come up with these mysteries time after time? Because they're as fresh as, you know, the first book, the middle book. I mean, your last book, Lightning Strike. I, I just don't, I'm in awe of that. Yeah, kind of. I am too, <laughs> and I try not to uh, to dissect it too much. Yeah. Um, typically, I I have an idea of what I want to have at the heart of a story, and then I begin to create all of the layers of the mystery that will surround mm-hmm. whatever that seed. For because the story you do is. unlock a mystery at the end that is very eye opening and, and could be for real. For real, mm-hmm. is very well be for real. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's but we're not going to tell people what that no, is. No, no, you have to read Fox Creek. It's just, it, it's so good. And, you know, you write with such a um, beautiful eye with detail when you're describing the woods. I mean, you honestly, I feel like I can feel the lichen. I can And the love smell. for the iron, you yeah. know, range and boundary waters. It's so it really incredible. is. Well, you know, I'm not native to Minnesota. Uh, I, my wife and I didn't come here until we were both about 30 so that she could go to the University of Minnesota Law School. And I was really, I was a nomad before that. I lived lots of places. But honest to God, the minute I set foot in Minnesota, I knew I'd found my home. Mm-hmm. I, I fell in love with the place and the people here. And so when I'm writing a book uh, set in Minnesota, as they all are, mm-hmm. um, it's kind of like a valentine to this adopted home of mine. I want readers to love this place every bit as much as I do. What do your what do your native readers say about you know the tribute that you play in every way to the Anishinaabe and Ojibwe and the use of storytelling and words? I'm yeah. just curious. Well, I have to admit I have no native heritage in me whatsoever. I'm a white guy trespassing on a culture not my own, so I work very hard to get it right. But I have to say that every 
native reader who's contacted me or with whom I've spoken has been nothing but complimentary in how I deal with the culture. I have mm-hmm. lots of friends in the native community whose, um, whose insights and perceptions and guidance I rely on a, a great deal. I want to make sure I get it right. That comes it, through. It does. And mm-hmm. Henry Malou, I mean, I would love oh, this love character. Him. love Henry Malou. Yes, yeah, so do I. It's really... He's it's, the favorite character of lots of readers. It mm-hmm. is. When you're... Okay, so we had... Lightning Strike was the pre-telling prequel 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 the young cork was the last book and now we are cork you know today and it's all in the town of aurora do you when you i think it's been what was it two years since lightning strike came out or is it only no it was year? last year it was, it was just last year. Year. holy cow i mean are you already working on the next one i already have the next one finished oh isn't that something it's a standalone it won't be a cork o'connor oh it's going to be a standalone okay Oh my gosh, this Tenderland people, if you haven't read it, but you were telling us you're the number one requested book at libraries right now. That's right, across the country. Yeah. How does that feel? And how do you find out? Does your publisher tell you that? Or? Actually, Library Journal reported that. I picked that up out of Library Journal because, you know, they've got their finger on the pulse of libraries all the way across the country. But that's that's even, in some ways, even cooler than hitting number one, number five on the New York Times bestseller list. Right out of the I gate. I mean, that's, yeah. that's pretty good. Um, and you're back out on the road now. You're Because you've had even a busy day. What are we, like your third appearance today? This is my, yeah, my third obligation today. And then you have one tonight. And I have one more tonight. And mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I hit the road uh, running um, so as soon as the book was out, uh, I started doing events and I haven't, I've had at least one event every day since. How do you feel about that? After I love it. You do. Okay. You know, for two years I yeah. wasn't able to, to talk to an audience, but I love being back, uh, in front of people in person, getting that, the energy from an audience. I really like talking about myself and it's best if I have <laughs> I an audience that. there. It, it helps instead of just doing it at home. <laughs> it, it does. You know, Zoom was great, yeah. but it's not the same thing. No, it really isn't, is it? All right. If you're just joining us, we're with William Kent Kruger. His latest novel is Fox Creek. I listened to it. Lori read it. How was the um, audio, the narrator? You love it? Tell tell Lori about it. Yeah, we have my my reader is a guy named David Chandler. He's read all my Cork O'Connor novels, and he just does a stupendous job. I love him. I really love him, and I love... She doesn't like all the narrators. I don't. I'm very fussy. Yeah. Yeah, as well you should be, because a bad narrator can kill a story. They ruin it, because Lori and I have had discussions, and she loves it, and I'm like, ah. Well, I have never listened to an audio book, except for one time on a car trip. Right. A couple years ago. I'm a reader, reader, so I don't know, but Julia come in and go... I don't... I'm having a hard time with this book, because I can't see on the narrator's uh, voice. Yeah, and it was a really popular author. I mean, international bestseller, and I'm like, you got to dump her. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) But do you, like, you know, do you have Aurora as this community up in the Iron Range? Do you, like, want to keep adding to it? I mean, do you dream about Aurora? Does it get new things in the next book, I mean, is it just something? Is it? It's a character always in your book, as as is the Bonnie Brothers, as is the area. But do you try to think of new ways to keep it interesting, or uh, rather than rely on the town mm-hmm. or my fictional Tamarack County keeping Tamarack it interesting, County. it's what goes on in Tamarack mm-hmm. County that keeps it interesting. And so, what I'm typically trying to discover are new things about the people involved in the stories. Cork has grown so much across the 19 books. Uh, as has his family. Um, Henry Malou has uh, stayed remarkably 
the same, calmly the same, but most everybody around him has changed dramatically across the course yeah, of the series. Yeah, his son. Wow. Yeah, Stephen. Uh, Stephen's an adult now. He, I feel like Stephen and Bella are going to be I part know. of the next I book. I do too. I do too. I'm, I'm right now constructing the story for the next novel, and I will let the cat out of the bag. Uh, all of the O'Connor clan gathers back at Aurora for Stephen and Belle's marriage. Yeah, you could see that coming. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You could see it. I love mm-hmm. that. Okay, so, you know, we need to ask you, what's the last great book that you've read? The last, I just listened, you know, one of my favorite authors these days is a Swedish author named Frederick Bachman. Uh, oh, readers a might man know called him. Ove? A man called yes. Ove. Which uh, one does he have now? Um, I'm reading the Bear Town series. Oh, yes. So, yep. so first wonderful. in the Bear Town, the first in the series, we're reading Us Against You Against Us. I can't remember. Us Against You or You Against Us. And uh, and then the third part of the trilogy is coming out very soon. So I want to get this one. That guy is just ama- an amazing storyteller. And he's so humane and compassionate in how he deals with, with human beings. I just mm-hmm. love his work. Your Isn't books, you're kind of similar. You really are. Maybe that's why I like his stuff. Yeah, yeah. maybe, maybe. Um, um, and you, you know, you're doing something interesting. I was noticing because we follow you on Twitter. You're a good, good follower. Is that where you like people to go or Facebook? William Kent Kruger, just any of the socials. Do yeah, you? any of the social platforms okay. they feel comfortable visiting. Okay, because I noticed you're kind of doing some interesting things, like you said. Um, You've got an opportunity to ever picture yourself in a best-selling novel set in the Boundary Waters as a way of raising money. Also, um, the Friends of the Library, or not the Friends of the Library, the Mystery for Voting. I mean, you're kind of, yeah. you're doing all these democracy, cool activists. Mystery loves democracy. Yes, Mystery loves democracy. And that seems, I haven't really seen too many people do that. Is that a newer no, it's, uh, it's a, well, uh, Mystery Loves Democracy uh, is uh, an initiative within the mystery writing community to help support uh, efforts to make sure that there there is not voter suppression going on in our country, that mm-hmm. everybody has equal uh, access to uh, uh, voting. Mm-hmm. Um, st- it's, it follows a, a movement begun by Stacey Abrams last year. Last year, I believe. Mm-hmm. So we're contributing to that. A bunch of mystery authors are yeah. offering wonderful items, and uh, you can find those online. Yeah, That's mystery so cool. for voting yes. using the number four. Okay. So it's just, yeah, it's cool. I love, uh, you know, the writing and the activism is really wonderful. Yeah, well, what can I say? <laughs> the, all of the writers I know are very generous, very... Um, Involved individuals. Yeah, yeah, well, I mean, you know, I, you were just mentioned, I think, in the book, the Bookhaters Book Club. Remember the book we just had on oh, this week? Yes. Yeah. As a local author, I mean, she was writing about all of her favorite local authors, and it's fun to read about you in someone else's book. Well, good. As this great Minnesota mm-hmm. author, but we just love Fox Creek, and I know everyone else will too. Gobble it up, mm-hmm. don't you think? Yeah. Well, yeah. Um, thank you for coming in, and we appreciate we it. We love seeing your face in studio. And I can't remember if you came in last year in studio for we were still doing the COVID. We were still, we're doing, still doing the, the COVID. COVID. So this is that's yeah. why we gave you such a big extra hug. Oh, <laughs> two, two long years since we've seen you in studio. And are you going to be? Where's the best place for people to check out where you're going to be? On my website, www.williamkentkruger.com. I have all of my events listed there, and there's still lots of them uh, coming up. Okay, thank wonderful. You. Thank, thank you. you so much. We love seeing you in person. And call Grant. We've got a couple copies of the book to give away, 651-641-1071. Thank you very much, William. Always a pleasure, you Okay, too. the book is Thanks. Fox Creek. We'll be right back. Hey, 
everybody. Thanks for hanging out with us. I hope you enjoyed that Low J Book Club uh, discussion with William Kent Kruger. The novel is Fox Creek. It's the 19th book in the Quirk O'Connor series. And I have several people arm wrestling for, you know, my one and mm-hmm. only copy, but I'm going to send it to my uncle. It's so good. Yeah. It was so good. He's so lovely. I can't remember. It's been so long since we've seen him. Well, a lot of people. I know. I like, guess it's been a while for a lot of people. I know. I forget that. Okay, so I want I want to get to this story, but Grant is talking to our lucky book winners right now. I know. Because the um the breaking gossip that happened uh today this afternoon, I'm like, why is Adam Levine my least favorite pop singer trending? Oh, I love the first album. Um yes. <laughs> What about Jane? What about Jane? I love that album. Um, So why is Adam Levine trending? And then I'm like, no way. He, he, an Instagram model is going public with this story. And I thought, now I'm going to wait a little bit and see if anybody else is reporting on this. And I did find some other sources. And then I went to TikTok Uh, to see, and I'm sure Adam Levine's agent is explaining TikTok to him today. Um, <laughs> but the, allegedly, he cheated on his wife and tried to name their baby after the mistress. Her name is Sumner Stroh. Here is her TikTok video. I thought we'd do this later, but let's just get it in now. It's okay. too juicy. Yeah, give me just two, yeah. two seconds. Here. And um, she's basically saying she's having to tell this story because someone was going to sell her story because she sent screenshots to friends of Adam Levine's Insta DM asking her, would you mind if I name my baby after... Upcoming baby? Upcoming baby yeah. after Ooh. you. And this was June 1st. So okay. this is Sumner Stroh, an Instagram influencer, on her TikTok exposing Adam Levine as cheating, which is the least surprising thing I've ever heard about him, quite frankly. But go ahead. <laughs> I'm just going to rip the bandaid off because I've retaken this like 10 times now. <laughs> Essentially, I was having an affair with a man who's married to a Victoria's Secret model. At the time, you know, I was young i was naive and i mean quite frankly i feel exploited i wasn't in the scene like i am now um so i was definitely very easily manipulated rune five is practically elevator music at this point so i'm sure you know who adam levine is um but adam and i were seeing each other for about a year after i stopped talking to him over you know a period of months this is uh how he came back into my life he said, okay, serious question. I'm having another baby, and if it's a boy, I really uh, want to name it Sumner. You okay with that? Dead serious. Oh. Um, <laughs> I was like, I'm in hell. Like, I have to be in hell at this point. <laughs> I mean, my morals were unknowingly compromised. I was completely manipulated. I'm going to handle this privately. I never wanted to come forward because obviously I know the implications that come with doing what I do, making money the way I do, and being an Instagram model. Um, So being tied to a story like this, it's like, I know the stereotypes. I had sent, um, I had sent some screenshots recklessly to a few friends I thought I trusted, and one of them had attempted to sell to a tabloid. Um, So here I am. 
Okay, so she, my story. So she had an affair after he was married to yes. his wife. He's been married to her since like 2012 or something. Something like that, yeah. And so somewhere between then and now, she had an affair with him for a year. She was 19 at the time, apparently didn't know how to use Google to find out that he was married. Because I do not believe for a second that, that she, right. That, that uh, you know, she was taking advantage <laughs> I don't either. of her. Um, it's, it's a husband's responsibility not to cheat, and it's your responsibility not to be a side chick if it's that bothers I mean, you because it's adam levine you would know if he was married or not. yeah and and even if you think his music is elevator music but um anyway i just thought i was remembering when adam levine played the lead in the um she will be loved video where he cheats on his girlfriend with her mom and the mom is kelly preston in that video oh oh. yeah he made a song glorifying cheating so and he played the guy and he cheats on his girlfriend with his girlfriend's mom and that mom is played by kelly preston but i I feel bad for his wife and his kids and she's got the screenshot the oh she's got the receipts in that video where she's talking the viewers can't the listeners can't see it but as she's talking she's pointing at like the text message conversations that she's referencing so you see the receipts in the and, video and if that was her her 10th take i can't imagine how bad the first one cuz she's sort of all over the place oh, yeah. right. she edited that quite a bit quite a <laughs> quite a bit but i'm just like oh my gosh i mean i feel i i, I feel bad for his wife and just Three days after she announced that she was having their third child, yes, this this comes, is, out. this comes out, the bombshell TikTok. Well, and she, I don't know how he manipulates her into having an affair. Yes, I get it. She was 19. So I, I guess she could be. You mean she did it willingly? Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, but in June, months after, that was months after not talking. So they right. ended their thing. I don't know when, and that he DM'd her asking her that's if she's okay naming their forthcoming baby after her. I mean, that's that's Fifty Shades of Messy. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and then even Fifty or Shades of Messy that she does a TikTok on it because someone, she doesn't want one of her friends to make money selling it to whomever. So she goes out ahead of it. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Oh, well, my they God. Have, so Adam Levine, and I think it's Bahati. Bahati. Mm-hmm. Um, they have two kids, Lori. They're expecting their third child. Yeah. And Geo Grace is four. Dusty Rose is five. And then she, can you imagine, just announced it. And so it means she's probably three or four months along at least. Yeah. And yeah. then that comes out. Oh, yeah. dear. Oh, yeah. Oh, dear. Oh, yeah. So, and then, you know, he's probably really upset about being called elevator music. <laughs> that was good. But, I mean, to cheat on your wife and try and name your baby after your mistress? Who oh, does that? And Sumner, there's already Sumners out there. But you, that would have been just dumb. Oh, that's... That would have been dumb. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, my gosh. The cheating allegations are enough to leave, but that just makes it an even bigger level of creepiness. Yeah, I mean... <laughs> One Google search for her, she would know that he was married. Right. And if you, how do you manipulate someone into an affair for, for a year? year? I'm going to leave my wife for a year. Married. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know what? I wouldn't want to be him today. No. Nope. And it did make me remember, rest in peace, Kelly Preston, when uh, I was like. She was in that video. In that video. Mm-hmm. She will be loved. Mm. And he played the boyfriend, cheating on the girlfriend with the girlfriend's mom. Um, anyway, none of this is surprising, but it's surprising that it's all so public and messy. Wouldn't want to be him today. No kidding. Mm-hmm. No kidding. All right, we're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back.